it's fine. It's fun beef. It's fine. Um, it's fun beef. <laughs> it says it's fun beef. <laughs> Apparently you do. Apparently. Anyway. Welcome to another episode of Allied Rebels. We are your hosts. I'm Roxy. And I'm Dee. We are super stoked about today's episode. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know we said we were going to come back earlier, but there was like technical issues, content issues, and health stuff, so we kind of needed... A little bit more time. Okay, a lot of bit more time. Um, but today, we're discussing Resident Evil. The game. Yes. <laughs> both, both the original and the remake. So, first we're going to give you a little bit of update with us. Let's start with you, Roxy. What's up with you? Well, I'm continuing on Animal Crossing. And it's been super fun. All the stuff you told me about, it's already pretty much happened. The Hell museum yeah. is up. I met the weed guy. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we did talk about that before. <laughs> uh, the sloth guy there that you collects go. the weeds in Animal Crossing. <laughs> we even have Mabel, that little hedgehog that yep. like sells clothing. Bought some really cool blue shoes from her. Holla girl. <laughs> Shout out to Mabel. Hooking your girl up. Um, you don't have the store yet? Yes. The okay, the, okay. the um the nook cranny. No, no, no. The oh. clothing store. No, not yet. No, okay. she's still okay, selling just out Mabel. there. Okay, okay. Yep, just Mabel. We met Gulliver. And anyway, yeah, like all this stuff that you told me about, it's like happening. So it's really <laughs> cool. Uh, we are getting our first bridge in. So Hell yeah. Like, no pole vault to that side anymore. Oh gosh, yes. Well, anyway, that's currently my obsession. Um, but what about you, Dee? Um, still kind of into GTA. Not like a ton, because now I'm upset. My brother got the wheel car that I wanted. I didn't. Oh, boohoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just have to deal with your like 20 other cars that you have. <laughs> Only 20. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> got four million in the bank and like i don't know how many freaking properties but they're literally i have to go through and clean out my garages i have multiple 10 car garages that are full <laughs> yeah i'm surprised you're not like own the city already <laughs> well i mean i own every property you can't own oh wow so there's cool. that i still get to win a car <laughs> yeah we'll have to play it some more yeah. win a car make you jealous no <laughs> that's rude <laughs> um but i i mean i'm happy my brother won it because now i can blow it up anyway um, <laughs> i've witnessed this a couple of times <laughs> he started it okay i'm just finishing it sibling rivalry <laughs> oh yeah so you know just blowing up cars kicking ass taking names you know getting our money hell yeah you know that once a month million dollars that we get? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't do that on PC, so that's no. sad. Yeah. That's part of the reason I still like my PlayStation 1 better. Yeah. Not part. 
that's the main reason I like my PlayStation one better because I've been I literally have put years into it now. Mm-hmm. And that I'm, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it's still fun. Yeah, I go back and forth on which character I li- I think I like better that I've made. <laughs> like when I play my PC one, I'm like I like her better. Then I play my PlayStation one, I'm like I like her better. Then I'm like, fuck, which one do I like better? So. Just depends on the day. Exactly. Yeah. And I have more clothes, and obviously in the yeah PlayStation one, yeah. so I also have like two million dollars worth of chips. No big deal. <laughs> and the Casano. Casano. the Casano. Oh my gosh, you gotta learn our lingo. Okay, we, we just gotta play some more then. <laughs> yeah, the Casano, the Arcade. <laughs> oh gosh. There's another excuse for us to get another PlayStation in the house there you go. So where we can there both you go. play with you guys. There you go. All right, guys, so a new segment. It'll be a news segment about Woo. any uh, like new things happening, like video games, new movies. So for video games, we have Far Cry 6, which came out October 7th. Yeah, and I started playing that a little bit. Still don't love the fact that it's only two people who can do online with you. Oh. It's literally just you and one other person. I'm like... <sighs> But I, I feel mean, like the standard is four people. Come on, people. Right, right. Get with it. But yeah. Uh, then we have Metroid came out October 8th, which that one I've been hearing a lot about. I would want to play it. Um, it looks really cool. She was always my favorite character on Super Smash Bros. She was one of the first uh, characters I ever played as, period, point blank, up for video games. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I was one of those people that thought Samus was a man because <laughs> I just assumed... You know, but it's cool. You know, I I probably just assumed she was a guy until I got older. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I was like, wait, a chick? <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And then Back for Blood, which came out October 12th. And that one, oh my gosh, it looks really good. It is. It's so good. It's a pain in the ass. Oh, you, you finally played it? Yeah. Oh, awesome. It's a pain in the ass, so if you play it with people who didn't really play Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned Left 4 Dead because, yeah, the creators, the creators, of, yeah, yeah. The creators of Left 4 Dead came out with Back 4 Blood, which I was, yeah, looking forward to it once I found that out. Mm-hmm. So, that's awesome. Then Resident Evil 4 came out in VR October 21st, and I've heard a lot of good things about that game, uh-huh. too. I do really want to play it. Uh, I think it almost might make it easier because, you know, how everybody complains about tank controls? I can't fuck. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh. Resident Evil 4 was always a pain in the ass to me for moving Leon and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So VR might be easier. Yeah, it looks really cool. I've seen like a couple of little short clips of mm-hmm. people playing it. Um, so I've always wanted to try, try out VR anyway. So that'll be exciting. Really spoopy too. Yeah. Uh, and then we have House of Ashes also came out October 21st. Oh, I still want to play this game, but it, like I was telling you, it's yeah. from the people who created Until Dawn. Oh my gosh, one of my top 10... Okay. Okay, probably one of my top 10 favorite games, as long as, you know, don't include every single Resident Evil. It's just, Resident Evil is just a franchise, and it's just number one, okay? So, it's... Anyway. Um, <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, so, it's one of my top 10 favorite games of all time, just because it's just just so good. Oh, cool. And then some Fortnite Resident Evil skins came out October 23rd. 
yeah um yeah those look really awesome they look oh my gosh was, so cool yeah i was so excited that uh they had like the different outfits like jill and chris from the first game and jill's outfit for the resident Evil 3 remake and then chris's village outfit which what a hater <laughs> they could have used a different chris which one uh the best-selling resident evil game five um, that's right. It's still the best-selling Resident Evil game, even though they just released four on VR again. Another <laughs> version of it. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you keep mentioning it because it's true. Yes. Um, people need to get this in their heads. Uh, released on far less things. Yeah. And sold a shit ton more. Mm -hmm. And you still release in four like it's the best fucking game you ever made. <laughs> I I like how Chris oh, I mean I don't mind him in five I know people always talk shit about it but I like him a lot in six as well yes six. I really like it yeah so but I had to say five because I needed that little rant <laughs> <laughs> no that's fair so another couple of games that are coming out Guardians of the Galaxy just came out as of we're recording yesterday on the 26th and Fatal Frame Maiden of Black Water that's coming out as we're recording tomorrow on the 28th. I, you know, I love horror games. Literally my favorites, right? Fatal Frame is a, like one of the games that scared the out of me. And I, I can't wait for a new one. So this, Ooh. have you played any of the Fatal Frame games? No, oh. no, you have to tell me about them. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Another new game coming out same day as fatal frame is dusk it came out originally on the pc in 2019 it's coming out i believe on the switch and then hello mario party superstars is coming out on the 29th yeah uh, you know it's been a minute since they released a new mario party so i'm kind of excited yeah me too we'll, we'll have to get it because it's so fun playing those games mario party to me is um controversial is way better than smash brothers whoa <laughs> whoa now i mean i my thing is i'm really i think i'm also in a different i don't know want to say controversial but i'm also weird because i like all of them i like the mario party mario kart and i don't hate smash, smash brothers. brothers i just i just like mario party a better. Little better. Yeah. yeah um okay so on to some movies that are coming out dune came out on october 22nd um, it's a remake of the original. Yeah, which I've seen the original and I just saw the new one yesterday. Mm -hmm. It was pretty alright. Um, I don't know. I, even the original wasn't like my favorite movie right. ever. So this one, I mean, the graphics are better. A lot of mm -hmm. things are better about it. I like the characters, like the actors. I think they did a good job picking them out. It's just the story's just not like my favorite ever. But I'll watch the sequel, you know, yeah. but it's alright. Okay. I mean, I agree with you. Dune was never one of my favorite movies. So when I saw they remade it, I was like, Dune? Okay, that means somebody liked it, right? Yeah. I didn't hate it. There's just... a cool following for yeah. it, like with the books, which I've never read. I never read the books either. Um, I mean, I would be interested in reading them because I like sci-fi and I, I, I was really looking forward to it. It was better, you know, but it but was just... marginally. You know, yeah. Okay. But that makes yeah, sense. That's probably a controversial opinion. True, 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 true. <laughs> Um, so the movie I'm excited about is The Eternal, <laughs> and it comes out November 5th. I love me some MCU. 
I just love the cast that they have for the Eternals. It's just very well done. At least in my opinion. Again, it could be controversial, but I don't give a ch So. Yeah. No, uh, Angelina Jolie, like, she looks so badass. In right? The movie. It looks, I'm excited because I don't know anything about them. I will say so. she was the only one that I was like, about. Yeah. And then, like, I saw the trailer went, never mind. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I doubted you. <laughs> Disney gods, I'm sorry. Bow down. <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, it looks really good. I think it'll be fun. It'll be just like a nice, fun MCU movie. So I think it's a good transition from all of the ones that, you know, we had leading up Captain America, Iron Man, um, blank, Thor. Thor. Uh, oh, you. Um, and hopefully this will start bringing in some of my peeps, my X-Men. Oh, yeah. I'm Sorry. excited for all that to start, like, oh. unraveling, like, you know. Oh, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. So, let's get back to the topic at hand. Resident Evil. The 1996 and the remake of the video. So Capcom is the company that supported creating Resident Evil. And Mr. Shinji Mikami <clears throat> was the director. We'll get into him later. We got some... <clears throat> got we'll some talk. beef. We got some beef. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fun beef. It's fine. Um, it's fun beef. <laughs> it's fun beef. <laughs> Apparently you do. Apparently. Anyway. Um Takoro Fujiwara was the director producer, not the director, the producer for the original Resident Evil. They started the development for it in nineteen ninety-three and it took three years to develop it under the name Team Horror. Hashtag Team Horror. Whoop, whoop. Pre-production and development of the original was expected to take only 18 to 24 months, but it ended up taking 27 months because of the developers testing it out on the PlayStation for six months and hitting a ton of obstacles where their ideas were either too elaborate or too outlandish for a system like that back in the day, and it would never have worked on the 32-bit system. So they had to scale it back in rethink some things they considered releasing it on the super famicom japan's version of the super nintendo but production was quickly changed to sony's new playstation for obvious reasons yeah, yeah. could you imagine playing resident evil on super nintendo jesus yeah that would have been kind of weird without the joystick but i guess the tank controls are good with the d-pad so true that would have been fine true, true, i think true. So production for the 2002 remake started at the beginning of 2001 with a team of only four programmers. It was part of an exclusive agreement between Capcom and Nintendo to bring previous and new Resident Evil games to the GameCube. Unlike Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, and Resident Evil Code Veronica, which were simply ported to the GameCube, Mikami decided to produce a remake of the original game because he felt its graphics had not aged well, making it hard for new players to appreciate it. Mikami felt that the GameCube would allow him to bring the game closer to the original vision he had for the series. So part of that, it's like, yeah, I, I agree with that. He wanted 
it to be closer to the vision he originally had. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like people should... I think people, we should still appreciate the original for what it is. Yeah. You know, I think it was... We have said this before. It was really good for its time. Hell yeah. So... But, I mean, that's not to say the remake's any less. No, it's amazing, too. It's really great. But I'm just saying, appreciate, give it its love, too. It deserves. So, originally, the developers planned to only upgrade the graphics and tweak the gameplay. However, as the game approached completion, Capcom started making more substantial changes. So, for example, the inventory was expanded, so the players would carry a standard item like Jill's lockpick or Chris's lighter. While defense items, which were initially included in the main inventory, were introduced to make the game easier than the original. But no, that was cool that they let us have a like a little extra item. A little freebie. The, yeah. That then takes place of the much, you know, coveted inventory spaces. Um, Especially if you're Chris. Yeah. So the developers also originally planned to make all the enemies invisible. Oh my oh gosh. My God. Uh, but thankfully, the idea was discarded because it would have made the remake very different from the original game. Uh, however, it would have been hard to. Come on. I probably wouldn't have played it, to be honest. It, yeah, it would it, it would it be a level of scary, but also frustration. Yeah, just annoying. Yeah. Like, this is stupid and annoying. I don't want to play it. Yeah. Uh, the developers added new areas for the player to explore. Uh, so they changed most of the puzzle designs and included an additional control scheme for the GameCube controller. Another addition is a subplot involving the character Lisa Trevor, which was cut from the original game. Also, instead of using adjectives to describe difficulty levels, Mikami decided to have unique questions so that the player would unintentionally pick the hard one. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. I read it and read it and read it. Like, it's like, this isn't making any sense. And then I clicked on one and I was like, what the fuck is this? It was like, one was like, do you want to go hiking? Do you want to play through the woods yeah. or go mountain climbing? Uh, I was like, I don't know which one is the harder one. They all kind of like, I just figured like, usually the top one is the easiest and the bottom one's the hardest. Uh-huh. So, yeah. He's being a tricky trickster, that fucker. (laughs) Okay, so the systems the original game was released on. Okay, let's let's talk about the opening for the original real quick. So at the time, there's very few games that used live action videos for the opening. Albeit poorly acted, but it was still good and different compared to other games of the time. Now the acting, you're still like, ah! It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's typical like '90s action flick yeah. with like B star celebrities, uh-huh. like, B celebrities. B, you mean Z? Yeah, D um. <laughs> celebrity, D list. There you there go. You go. <laughs> it was first released in Japan on March 22nd, 1996, for the PlayStation, and then shortly after in North America on March 30th, 1996. In '96, they released it on the PlayStation and Microsoft Windows. And then in 97, PlayStation, they released the Director's Cut. 97 was also the Sega Saturn. That's a blast from the past. In <laughs> <laughs> 98, PlayStation, again, Director's Cut DualShock version. <laughs> in 2006, they released on the Nintendo DS as Resident Evil Deadly Silence. And in 2008, on the PlayStation 3, PlayStation Portable, and the PlayStation Vita but it was the director's cut. And then the remake came out in 2002 on the Nintendo GameCube exclusively. 
And then in 2008, finally it was released on the Nintendo Wii. And then 2015 came out on the PlayStation 3 and 4, Windows, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. And then the most recent one was in 2019 and came out on the Nintendo Switch. And then a little bit about the Director's Cut version in 1996. It had an arranged game mode, which basically the main quest items and weapons were moved around with a few additional alterations. Which is good for like someone like Dee has played a thousand times and she can just like boom, 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 you know. Don't you judge Made me. Made it a little tricky for you. Um, such notable differences include the corpse of Force Spire reanimating as a zombie. You also get a custom Beretta M9 handgun, different costumes, and then the soundtrack was remastered. Which, I mean, the soundtrack to this game anyway is so good. Even the original soundtrack was just so good. Yeah. So good. Like, that is something Resident Evil never messes up as the soundtrack. I just, I love all this, like, all the save room songs. So good. And just throughout, it just gives you that creepy vibe. The creepy but safe feeling vibe in the oh, safe yeah. room. No, the safe room is that, that, that like, safe but, like, you know, dangerous out there. But, yeah. like, just throughout the game, I mean, oh, okay, with, like, okay. have, like, the different music. It's just, like, you're always, like, on edge. Uh-huh. A good edge. Mm-hmm. So, a quick recap. On July 24th, 1998, a series of bizarre murders occurred on the outskirts of the Midwestern town of Raccoon City. The Raccoon City Police Department's Special Tactics and Rescues... Rescue? <laughs> you rascals. <laughs> <laughs> and Rescue Services, a.k.a. STARS, sent the Bravo team to investigate. After contact with Bravo team is lost, Alpha team is sent in to look into their disappearance. And then fuckery ensues. Yep. They fucked around and found out. <laughs> so the characters we have, obviously, Jill Valentine. So Ooh. some cool things about Jill that we both kind of learned. or We knew at one time, but, you know, you know it's yeah. been a couple of years, so memory fades a bit. Uh, Jill served in the United States Army and Delta Force. She took part in the six-month intensive operator training course where she excelled in bomb disposal and lockpicking. Dude. This experience made Jill one of the only women in the world with Delta Force training, meaning don't mess with her. Yeah. You know what's good for you. In 1986, Jill was recruited by the Albert Wesker for the Special Tactics and Rescue Service, STARS, team. She kept her Special Forces training and personal life a secret, but was able to make friends with the other members, including Chris Redfield. Mm, just friends. Okay. <laughs> just friends. Wink. Under under whom she often trained in the marksman shift. Okay. Under. <laughs> and Forest Fire, with whom she already had a close friendship with as they both served in the U.S. Army. And by July 1998, Jill became Alpha Team's bombs... No. Breaking and entering specialist. I can wanted to say bombs and <laughs> explosive specialist because, because of, the, of her experience from yeah. before. It makes sense. Yeah. Um... So another character, you guys might have heard of him. I don't know if you have. It's Chris Redfield. Have you heard of him? Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Let do me, tell. Let me tell you a little bit something about him. So Chris lost his parents sometime before 98, leaving him to look after his baby sister, Claire. Oh, Claire. Little baby. Anyway, uh, Chris joined the U.S. Air Force, where he received training for both planes and helicopters. So, 
I just had a quick remembrance of playing Code Veronica and Chris getting into a jet and me going, how the fuck does he know to fly that? But now I remember, you know, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, he served in a unit alongside Barry Burton. He had a hard time getting along with his superiors and he would often butt heads. Um, what, Chris? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but he was trained in various weapons and he was fantastic in all of them. He was known for his hand-to-hand combat and his marksmanship. So we don't really know why he left the Air Force. We don't know if it was by choice or, you know, he was like kindly escorted out quickly. We don't know. So uh, (laughs) he was uh, then recruited by STARS in 96, and he became the Alpha Team's point man. And together, Barry and Chris solved a number of difficult cases that RPD slackers couldn't solve. So Chris, you know, might not have followed protocols exactly, um, but it got results. So it was allegedly, allegedly, uh, but it got results. So it was overlooked. Um, but besides Barry and Jill, Chris also formed friendships with fellow STARS member Albert Wesker, who he thought was a dependable and effective leader. Oof. Oh, that didn't age well, did it? <sighs> but he also became really good friends with Joseph Frost and Forrest Spire. And then we have the Dr. Albert Wesker. Okay. Doctor. Uh, Captain. Doctor. <laughs> doctor. 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 <laughs> Uh, so, captain of Stars Alpha team, and he worked for Umbrella. Wesker- Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I know. God. I know. Yeah, so Wesker was taken from his parents at a young age on the command of Oswald E. Spencer. Lord. Lord Spencer. Lord Dr. Oswald E. Spencer. <laughs> if you're going to say his name, say it correctly. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where that came I'm going to have to say that now. Um, Dr. Lord Oswald E. Spencer. He was placed with a group of other children and given the progenitor virus, which gave them superhuman powers. <laughs> Just think of this. Oh, look at all the power I'm getting. <laughs> so, you know, he was so smart. He graduated with a doctorate in bi- bi- virology at the age of 17, dude. Age of 17. That's, I don't know what I was doing at 17. I was probably still playing with Barbie dolls. You know what I'm saying? Like, I barely earned two yeah. masters by the time I was 35. So, <sighs> two masters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm over here like cricket. cricket. <clears throat> and then we have Barry Burton, Stars Alpha team member. He was in charge of maintaining and supplying weapons for his fellow unit members, and he assists Jill in the game. He was a family man who was great friends with Chris and Jill. He would often go fishing with the Robert Kendo, gun shop owner, and creep extraordinaire, giving <laughs> only <laughs> Only in the original two. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, he gave the Stars team the hookup for weapons. So He created the, uh, the fancy guns. The Berettas that you talked about earlier. Yeah, you better keep Kendall on your good side, I guess. Hell yeah. And then we have Dr. Rebecca Chambers, member of Stars Bravo team and medic. She assists Chris in the game. She is the youngest Stars member, being only 18 years old. And, you know, we'll talk about her more in detail once we get to zero, but 
It's pretty cool. She's another genius in the game. That makes you wonder why uh, stars needed that many geniuses, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm. Well, fishy. So, on to this fucker. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Brad Vickers, or Brad Chickenheart Vickers, or Brad Chicken Shit Vickers. Anyway. Not even sorry. Nah. Um, he was the star's alpha pilot, computer expert, and he would often help RPD as well when doing investigations involving computers and stuff like that. He had a phobia of dying. So <sighs> phobias are something to not mess around with. Don't dick around with phobias. It's not cool. So, I mean, yeah, did not deserve to be in the position he was in. If he had a phobia of dying, he should have just stayed on computers. Then we have Joseph Frost, STARS Alpha member, team communication expert, and his hobby was performing magic tricks, and he loved telling jokes. He would have been super fun. Then we have Forrest Spire, STARS Bravo member, cybersecurity supervisor of the team, and its marksman. He was super close to Joseph and Chris, and the three used to go out drunkenly tearing around the suburbs of Raccoon City, causing, you know, just minor disturbances before returning home. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. I could totally see that happening. Right? <laughs> Shit. And then there's Mr. Richard Aiken, Stars Bravo team communication expert. A positive and sweet guy, but he has kind of a tragic backstory. At a young age, he watched his younger sister being murdered in front of him, and he lived with that guilt for the rest of his life, and he vowed to protect anyone he could, which led him to protecting Rebecca and other people. Good guy, Richard. <sighs> and then we have Dr. Kenneth J. Sullivan, Star's Bravo member, point man, and in charge of reconnaissance and position security. Kenneth also put his knowledge as a chemist to good use. Again. Why do we need all these doctors? That's so hmm. weird, isn't it? Interesting. Okay. And then we have Enrico Marini, captain of Stars Bravo team. So Enrico was the popular choice to lead Stars, but Umbrella insisted on Wesker being appointed as captain. So Stars was then broken into two divisions, Alpha and Bravo. And you know, Wesker had seniority, and I wonder why. Drama. So the setup of the game, we have two campaigns, and the two characters' adventures differ slightly, depending on who you play. Playing as either character doesn't necessarily alter the main storyline. No. We have Jill. She's considered the easier option because she has more space to carry items, and she also has a lockpick, which gives her access to locked rooms. Not all of them, but a lot more than Chris. Uh, she is aided throughout the game by the Barry Burton, who gives her ammunition at different intervals. Chris, meanwhile, he has less space to carry items, and he must find all the keys to open all the doors. All the fucking small keys. <laughs> <laughs> However, he is also stronger than Jill and can withstand attacks much better. He is aided by Rebecca Chambers, who offers him medical support throughout the game, which is really nice. Okay, so a little bit of background on just the Spencer Mansion. A little bit of history, if you will. The Spencer Mansion, which is, again, located on the outskirts of Raccoon City, several miles into the Arkale Mountains. The Spencer Mansion was 
envisioned by Lord Dr. Oswald E. Spencer, or Dr. Lord Oswald E. Spencer, or however you want to say his fucking name, in the early 60s as a secret lab for this facility of a company he would soon start, known as the Umbrella Corporation. Dr. Spencer hired George Trevor, a young architect from New York, who was well known for his work. Trevor and his family were flown by Spencer to directly overlook the construction of the mansion. Trevor created the building plans based on Spencer's extravagant requests, like one of them being a fucking massive shark tank. But, you know, it didn't matter to Trevor. He was going to get paid well. The money! Give me the money! Money, money, money! Yeah, so all the construction crews were set up on small work contracts to kind of keep everything in the dark. So they pretty much worked on it very quickly, and they only stopped at night or when an accident would occur. So one crew member actually died on site when he fell from the upper level of the dining room. The railing he was installing on the window side of the room cracked while he was leaning on it, causing him to fall to his death. No one fixed the gap on the rail due to fear that it was cursed. So Trevor woke up late at night to see a new crew member working in an area that he never created a schematic for. So he questioned Spencer about this and he quickly dismissed his worries, told him not to worry about it, it's fine, just some stuff I wanted added. And Trevor left it at that for now. <clears throat> so, um... When we were doing our research for this and we saw the crew member that died from the railing, we were like, man, where is that? That doesn't make any sense. I can't <laughs> picture it. And then we were talking about it again a little while after we found that little passage. And then I literally dork stamped myself like, and said, it's where you push the statue off and get the blue gem. Yeah. Oh, oh. my gosh. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that part of that doesn't have the rail. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Soon, Trevor's wife and daughter fell, quote unquote, ill a few weeks before the mansion was finished so spencer so lovingly sent them off to an area despite them saying they felt fine good guy spencer yeah oh yeah such such good gay uh, about a month passed by and trevor decided he was going to get some answers no matter what so spencer was out for a week and trevor decided you know now's a good time to snoop around the areas that yeah uh, i didn't really plan for right he found rooms that he had no idea what was the purpose of. One of the places he checked out was the elevator in the fountain, which, you know, leads down to the scary areas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the whole fucking place is scary, but you know what I'm saying. Um, the scary areas where they experimented on people. Areas. Where you don't want to find yourself there. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, you don't even want to accidentally be found there because you ain't coming out of there. When he went down there, he saw a large white and red umbrella on a door what could that be anyway so he went on deeper and he saw a bunch of medical equipment in that area he sees this large glass container filled with some strange liquid and he noticed one of the containers was occupied by that freaking worker that fell and died he appeared to be pretty lifeless but his body was covered in tubes obviously pumping something into his body Trevor didn't know what to make of it, so he said, did GTFO. <laughs> and he left unnoticed, or so he thought. So back upstairs, Trevor noticed that Spencer returned with a new man by his side. The man was... How dare he cheat! 
The man was wearing a white lab coat with a name tag that read Dr. J. Marcus. You guys might want to file that down for later. They both made their way to the fountain. Spencer spoke to Trevor before heading down, though. He thanked him for his work and simply said he wished he hadn't gotten into places he did not have any business being in. How the fuck did he know? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So on Trevor's last night, he was forcefully taken from his bed and restrained in a room he didn't recognize. Unbeknownst to Trevor, Spencer had decided he couldn't let him live. He had seen too much. Inside his room, Trevor was surprised when he saw his wife Jessica's shoe. So it made him think, did she even leave this place? Is she still here? Trevor never found out because he spent his final days in that room and he died of starvation. So the crew worker became the first human test subject, while Trevor's wife, Jessica, and daughter, Lisa, became some of the first life test subjects for Umbrella. And now we have some conspiracy, conspiracy theories. theories. We think the crew member was turned into the tyrant. Hell yeah. I mean, come on. It only makes sense, right? Like, tyrant, obviously a dead person because his body's all gray and stuff. But anyway, yeah. Wesker gets to meet him later. Isn't it fun? Yeah. 30 years later. That's fine. <laughs> He's just been marinating in that liquid <laughs> the whole time. And that's why he got so much bigger. It's because all the liquids got into his body and he got swole. Yeah, swole. So let's talk about the gameplay of Resident Evil. So the Elite Stars are a special tactics and rescue service team of Raccoon City Police Department are investigating strange cannibalized corpses on the outskirts of the city. Eventually, Bravo team goes missing, so Alpha team goes to location that they were last known. While searching, they find the crashed helicopter but are abruptly ambushed by mutated dogs. One of them kills Joseph Frost, causing the rest of them to flee into the supposedly abandoned mansion. But right away, the team splits up because, you know, safety and numbers and all that stuff, you know, safety third motherfuckers. If, <laughs> if you play as Jill, Chris is missing and you're partnered with Barry. If you play as Chris, Jill is missing and eventually you're partnered with Rebecca. So throughout the game, you encounter your missing team members along with scientific documentation, making it oh so painfully clear that this mansion is actually some kind of virus testing facility, but it's all gone terribly wrong. (laughs) So some of the mechanics of the game, the saving aspect of it, it's really cool. We always liked it. Um, you get to use that ink ribbon and you use typewriters. The sound of the typewriter just... satisfying Uh anyway so that's pretty cool you have to be strategic you know obviously check the map save if you need to that was one of my biggest things like is this really good time to save because then i didn't want to get all these saves Uh i always want to keep it as low as possible but it's like what if i go over here there's a cutscene, i die like and i didn't save my shit for a while so yeah um i was just thinking about this you know why i love that they use the typewriter Mm. because you know the house or the mansion sorry Sorry, 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 Spencer Mansion, don't attack me. Um, the, <laughs> the mansion was built in the 60s. Oh, that makes sense. And computers weren't, you know, abundant in the 60s. And so if it, they were trying to make it look abandoned, they would rather have typewriters than computers. There you go. That's the answer. Because, yeah, we've all thought about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that. That's one of the main things people complain about. Uh-huh. But 
and then went. It was, no, I loved I thought it. Was it was cool. Yeah. Um, and also, typewriters were placed in save rooms, but not always. There Correct. were some randomly scattered throughout. So in the save rooms, you'd have the typewriter and you'd have your item box. They were so nice. I love them. I wish you had more of them throughout the game mm-hmm. because you know you put your unused items or your like your extra health and everything because if you're playing easy mode you get an abundance of health yeah, and, and ammo so you know you can't carry all of it with you so it's really nice you can put some in your item box and then you access a different item box and it's there like magic mm-hmm, it's awesome mm-hmm. all right so for weapons we have your standard combat knife and the original and then in the remake both jill and chris have survival knives and you have your handguns like Berettas, you know, you have your shotguns, the awesome Magnums, oh, and yeah. the rocket launcher, the flamethrower. Um, but it's really cool because they added flash grenades, stun guns, and daggers to the remake. Mm-hmm. And they're really cool. You can't reuse them, but they're kind of throughout the game, kind of spread out. So, you know, it's just kind of nice to pick them up and have a little extra on top of your ammo that you already have. It's really nice to have them. Mm-hmm. So in the Resident Evil universe, you use herbs to heal yourself. So we have the green herb, which is your standard one. And then you have a red herb that enhances the power of the green herb, makes it stronger. And you have a blue herb that you use when you are poisoned. Uh, And you can kind of do combinations of them, make them stronger. And then you have your first aid sprays. It's just convenient. Yeah. So throughout the game, you'll find maps. So yeah, you 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 get a couple throughout. So like... You know, you'll get one map that'll show you like basement yeah. floor one or mansion floor one. I will or... say it's annoying not having those maps. I know this <laughs> just doesn't sound like a big deal, but it really is. When yeah. you forget how to get from one section to the next, mm-hmm. I'm constantly pressing on the map button throughout yep. the game. I agree. Uh, so a little bit about the difference between the original and the remake. Obviously, graphics and dialogue. And the dialogue, though, that's a big one. The original dialogue is considered to be one of the worst in video game history. Hey, 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 hey. You watch your mouth. There's, <laughs> there's video games where there was no dialogue, okay? Okay? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, they totally updated that for the remake, so they there did. you go. You know, you, without that corny dialogue, you wouldn't have gotten such great gems. Just that's saying. true. Just that's saying. That's true. Another main difference is the map is a lot bigger in the remake. They added stuff to the courtyard, mansion, the lab was even bigger, there's more floors, there's no graveyard in the original game, there's no west wing, there's no inner outer stairway for that in the original. So they just really expanded the crap out of that area. And we were, when we were doing our research, we were watching people play the original Resident Evil versus the remake and the shark tank. The aqua ring, so much different. I completely forgot how different the original aqua ring was compared to the remake. Yeah, very different, but still, still creepy. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a big difference. Huge. Well, for one, it was a rectangle versus the circle that the yeah. aqua ring is in the yeah. remake. And obviously, one of the biggest ones, Lisa Trevor. Brand new character, brand new boss created for the remake, George Trevor's daughter. She underwent some extensive testing and experimentation with numbers of viruses, turning her into a hunchback monster. She was actually the precursor to the Nemesis project that we get to see later in Resident Evil 3. But unlike Nemesis, or Nemi, Lisa can't be controlled. 
Yeah. There's still something there in her that almost wants to be human and be loved. And it makes me so sad. <laughs> she was so, like... But very yeah. innocent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right, moving on. <laughs> um, I'm not to cry. <laughs> so the mansion obviously is full of puzzles, hidden passages, locked doors, monsters, and zombies throughout. We get that famous line that Barry says, like, right at the beginning. Oh, you are almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> So in the mansion, you'll encounter zombies, dogs, bees, crows, and spiders. And then you run into Kenneth, who, spoiler alert, dies. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that is getting eaten by the zombie. The very first, the first zombie one, you yeah. run into. He's decolopulated. Yeah. And then you eventually run into Forrest, who is also dead. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy theory! So uh, it stated that Forrest died by being pecked to death by crows, but we both believe that he was attacked first. Or he could have been injured in the helicopter crash. You know, you're woozy, internal bleeding a little bit and think you're fine. And then all of a sudden just collapse and just get freaking pecked to death. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the way I think about it, obviously, being the player, you can easily serpentine mm-hmm. around them and they don't really hurt you that much. So it's hard for me to imagine that he died just by getting pecked by yeah. the crows. So. It always says that he's pecked to death. And it's like, <sighs> but look at his injuries before that. Can, mm-hmm. we, can we go back and look? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you play a little bit more. You go a little bit further in the game and you run into Richard. In the original, you can go get the serum and you think you save him, but he dies anyway. In the remake, you find him and he's injured, obviously bitten by something. You can go help him by getting the serum within five minutes of finding him. He gives you a radio no matter what. And he still dies in the remake, but he helps you out a little bit. If you're Jill, he gets swallowed by Yawn. If you're Chris, he gets swallowed by Neptune. Yawn is the giant snake and Neptune is the giant shark. But you get his assault shotgun out of the deal, so there's a plus. Yeah, he helps you all the way till the bitter end, unfortunately. Really does. Good guy, that Richard. He's a good dick. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um... So, you know, we've talked about finding records and stuff like that. But one of my favorite things is reading people's journals, right? And one of my favorite journals in the entire Resident Evil series is the Keeper's Journal. And it's got the line at the very end. Fever gone, but itchy. Hungry and eat doggy food. Itchy just got came. Ugly face so killed him. Tasty. And then just for itchy tasty it's just so great how you like you can read that journal and it's like all coherent you know obviously a person who has a brain and is intelligent and then just you see all the bullshit that he had to go through and like his flesh starts falling off of him and like his friend scott he finds a fucking annoying at some, you know oh, at yeah. one point and then just the deterioration that these people went through. Well, and it goes to show you, like, they're advancing it so that you don't go through a stage where you're becoming aware that something's happening to yep. you. You just go straight from human to dead to zombie, mm-hmm. which is, I think, well, obviously their ultimate goal. Yeah. So, as I said before, there's multiple areas in the remake that weren't in the original. Um, Crimson Heads 
those fuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't around at all. But in the crypt, there is a mega crimson head that you had to fight. And in one of the things that we read, it's George Trevor inside of that nice iron casket. He fucked around and he found out, unfortunately for him. Yeah, poor Trevor. And you also see, like, like the masks down there on mm-hmm. the remake, they're so creepy to me. Mm-hmm. Like, just that whole area. It's so spooky. Yeah, and boy, howdy, let me tell you, when that fucker first popped out of the um, casket the first time I played it, I literally screamed <laughs> my head off because I was like, what the f- am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I didn't have my shotgun because oh I was gosh. not prepared for the thing to shut yet. Yeah. You know, like, looking back, I'm like, you're a moron, D. Come on. You've played Resident Evil games before in the past. Use your head. Of course you're going to put the last mask on. Though, to be fair, I didn't realize that it was the last, the last mask that we needed because both my sister and I were playing together and she had put a mask in before and I didn't know. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, <laughs> classic. Classic Resident Evil. In the courtyard area, in the original, you find basic items, you know, that are needed to advance the game. And in the remake, you encounter Lisa Trevor. So... And no the, big deal. Yeah. So the courtyard is humongous in the remake. There's more hunters in that area also. And do you have the famous boulder scene? Uh, makes a little comeback here, or technically makes a comeback later on in five. Um, and then there's some <laughs> sneaky snacks. Conspiracy theories. Oh uh, yeah, conspiracy theories. So we were just messing around yeah. when we were looking up stuff. Basically, Chris develops this vendetta against the boulders because one of them, like, ran him over and he's like, uh-uh, never again. So he trains and then that's what happens in five. He uh-huh. executes his revenge. He finally defeats the boulder and Wesker. Boom. Shakalaka. Yeah. Going all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> and then in the guardhouse residence and aqua ring area, we got sharks, obviously. Um, we got Where? <laughs> we got spiders and then plant 42 as it's called uh that giant plant that you know wants to eat you basically like that one movie that what was it called the little shop of horse yeah little shop of horse oh, nope. <laughs> i actually never see that movie so <gasps> that's interesting yeah and it's a musical roxy oh my god come on yeah i need to get on that yeah you do <laughs> So an area that's only in the remake again is the altar area and you encounter Miss Lisa Trevor there again. And again, I didn't really touch up on that earlier, but like the encounters with Lisa, you can't hurt her. Like she, you can, I can make her drop to a knee. Yeah, basically. And like give you a little break while you run away. Mm -hmm. I think um, that's something I learned later on. I remember just wasting a lot of ammo this last time I played because I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, save your ammo people. Mm-hmm. Um just, you know, skeet and serpentine out of there. Skirt. Yeah. <laughs> so in the underground lab, it's relatively the same for the most part, a little bit bigger. Minor differences is in the original game you meet Wesker in the power control room instead of the lab. Um <sighs> Those fuckers. I swear to God, they are more creepier in the original than they are in the remake. 
Mm-hmm. Like, they look creepier. They sound creepier. I don't know, man. There's more hunters again. And then there's the black tiger spider. And we get to see cool things like the observation note that connects uh, the original game to RE2, RE3, and Code Veronica. It literally has, like, it mentions tidbits because it's written by Birkin, first mm-hmm. off. And then the virus and the project. The G-virus, yeah. Yep. Nemesis, um, yeah. And he couldn't wait to rub it in Alexia's face. The first time I read that note, I went, (laughs) (laughs) And I just got so excited. But yeah, so, you know, no big deal. Uh, And then uh, you get to fight the tyrant in that nice, cozy area. Yeah. Also, the part that I always think about is that fuel supply part (sighs) where you have to transport this little capsule of fuel over to a different room and... (laughs) <laughs> you can't run with that bitch, nope. okay? And you can't... You go boom! Yeah, you go bada boom, big bada boom. You can't touch anything. You can't fire a weapon. You can't be attacked. Like you, yeah. You gotta make sure that bitch is oh. clear. Yeah. Well, except for the Chimeras, the Chimeras anyway. Yeah. You ha- you, but yeah, you just have to basically mm-hmm. um, pray to the gods and uh, hope you make it the mm-hmm. first time. So, yeah. Yeah, because let me tell you, it ain't fun. No. So angry. Like... So like um, anxiety driven. Yes. Oh my gosh. So anxious. I always hate those type of like when you can't protect yes. yourself. Yes, you're vulnerable out there, and I'm just like. Ugh. It just reminds me of Revelations too, mm-hmm. where if you play as two people, you have the second player like doesn't have any weapons really. Oh yeah. But I still love it. Yeah. I almost love playing it with no weapons more than the actual weapons. You're a it's just like seeker. <laughs> <laughs> Only when it comes to video games. Let's not get crazy now. <laughs> Don't get twisted. <laughs> Although I do love roller coasters and shit. That too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want to skydive at some point in my life. That would be fun. You know, I'd want to do the indoor one first. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Maybe I am. <laughs> you are a thrill seeker. You like the bad boys. and. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's different endings to the game. You know, it all depends on what you do throughout the game. So the original, there's four main endings, and it's determined whether you rescued the other two surviving stars members or not. Uh, the best endings are obviously with your character surviving, along with your partner and team member. If you're Jill, Barry and Chris. If you're Chris, Rebecca and Jill. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. You always want to make sure that you survive, and it's nice to have your friends survive. Yeah, there's always a plus to having, you know, your teammate that helped you throughout the entire game survive, whatever. And then your man's or your woman's yeah. survive. <laughs> oh, there was times where I was like, I did. There was times where I thought about not having Barry survive because he really <laughs> ticked me off. I, I just felt like he didn't help enough. You I know what I'm saying? I still love that text that I got from you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Barry did all this. Da, 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 da. And I was like, well, remember and you're like oh yeah i forgot yeah i felt i was like dude he is not helping put like pull your weight dude like help a sister out go help me with this zombie go help me with this thing like and i was like he was skirt <laughs> so some of the endings for the remake there are six of them the best ending obviously is saving your partner and your teammate the worst ending you can get for Jill is you let Barry die by the hands of Lisa by not giving his gun back. Which I thought about. <laughs> and then not going to save your mans. 
And the worst ending for Chris is letting Rebecca die by the hunters in the mansion when you first run into them and ignoring Jill altogether so you don't save your woman's. Which, that almost happened this last time I played it. I almost forgot about Chris. So they do this thing where you, like, find where he's at. He's in this door and it's locked. You need a special card key, obviously. Resident Evil. I say, Resident Evil, baby. And so, like, I went, I grabbed this thing, and then I had to do something else. And then guess what? I come out of this room. Cutscene. Alarm starts going off. I always get triggered when I hear those <laughs> Resident Evil alarms. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. The self-destruct <laughs> sequence has been activated. All, all, pers- all, oh, yeah. all, all, all personnel evacuate immediately. Oh my gosh, I love to live that. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, oh my, I gotta get out of here. And I almost left without Chris. And I like stopped mid like run. <laughs> and I like, okay, backtrack, gassy Chris. Backpedal, backpedal. Yeah, so I, it happened. So I can see that totally happening. I, I could even see people not even running into Chris mm-hmm. and forgetting about him, not even thinking about it. So it happens too. Try to save your friends, though. Try to save mm-hmm. your friends. Yeah, friends. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> friends. There's uh, some cool unlockables for the remake. So uh, you can unlock the Samurai Edge and the Rocket Launcher. We all love the Rocket Launcher. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the signature Resident Evil finisher. <laughs> yeah. Finish him. You get the Rocket Launcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then everybody goes, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> You can get some costumes, like for Chris, you can get his Code Veronica costume. Um, you can get their street casual stars costumes. And then you can get a cowgirl outfit for Ugh. Rebecca instead of her stars uniform. And then for Jill, you get her awesome Resident Evil 3 Nemesis costume. Iconic. Um, Hell yeah. The Bluetooth top with the boots. Yeah. And I hear, always hear a lot of backlash about that. Like, why would you wear that? And I understand. I remember thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, well, you know what? She didn't plan for it. Like, she, no. it was what she was wearing at the time when she had to get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So, Not only that, is she did have experience with zombies. She wore the boots because she knew that they were going to bite her legs because they crawled. And you want to wear skin-tight clothes so they don't have anything to grab onto. That's true. Pro tip for all you people. <laughs> for um, when the zombie apocalypse comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to be prepared, guys. I'm going to shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A little extreme, but I, I, I like what you're working with. They got like nothing it. to grab onto then. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get an army woman costume intended to resemble Sarah Connor from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, she's already badass enough, but you throw that on her. Boom. Indestructible. So some modes that you can unlock in the remake are the dangerous zone uh, zombie mode, which is when um, Forrest likes to follow you around like a lost little puppy and try to kill you. That's fun. Yeah. Um, But here's a little kicker here. You can't shoot him. (laughs) Oh, my word. (laughs) Because his body is strapped with grenades and uh, you'll you'll get dead. Yeah. I don't like this at all. (laughs) Also, he runs really fast. Yep. Um, I don't like that. Mode. No, 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 no. You've got to be a crazy no. person to play that mode. No offense. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've known a couple people. Actually, not me, because I yeah. said fuck that. No way. <laughs> no way. Then there's the invisible enemy mode that they wanted to make the remake originally about. Okay, whatever. Then there is the real survivor mode, which makes it, you know, a little bit harder. Auto aim is disabled. There's just a bunch of like, it's basically always in hard mode and you're fucked if you do and you're fucked if you do <laughs> kind of mode. 
Ooh, also, the item boxes don't share items. I was just about to say that. Holy shit, yep. dude. So, basically, you have to remember where you put everything. I'm putting this healing thing here. I'm putting this gun in this item box. I have to go all the way over to this one for this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that totally makes sense. Real yeah. survivor mode. Uh -huh. I mean, in real life, we don't have magical item boxes. You don't? I don't. You do of course. Oh, girl, hook it up. Oh, no, no, no. Only <laughs> only those in the know. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and then, so the first zombie you run into, you have the chance to either kill him yourself or you run back into the dining room and have Barry kill him if you're Jill. If you do that, you run to the main hall, get the lockpick, you go back into the room after Barry has already killed the zombie Go to where Kenneth is. And if you come back into the room with Barry, the game is supposedly easier now. Okay. Now, I don't know if that actually works, but I always have Barry kill him anyway. Because yeah. I'm not wasting my ammo or my time. Yeah. See, I feel like I've always panicked when I play by myself. I always panic and I just start, like, bullets everywhere. <laughs> like, half my ammo's gone and he's still looking at me like... He's like, he's looking at you like, seriously, <laughs> you're supposed to aim here and point to his head. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. All right, guys. So another new segment, uh, this one's called Give Them the D with D. And you're going to figure out what it's all about. Take it away, D. Makami! Okay. I've got some beef with Makami. Remember, it's good. It's good beef. But I got beef with Mikami. Of all the people to save in Resident Evil, you save Brad fucking Vickers over this sweet, innocent boy, Richard. He went through enough shit in his life. His own sister got killed in front of him. And he protected everybody he was around at all times, did whatever he could. And you let this fucking chicken shit that runs away at any opportunity. You you could you could have had like a helicopter somewhere. Chris already knows how to fly it. All right, all right. And you know this is a Spencer Mansion. You know that guy has like two, three, four thousand helicopters around. Mikami, bro, you should have saved Richard. And I gave you the D. <laughs> yeah, you tell him. How do you Sorry, feel? I love you. <laughs> How do you feel now, though? I feel a little bit better. <laughs> um, I feel like, oh God, how can I say this? I feel like a sweet release just happened. Um, I feel elated. You know, I feel like something just flowed out of me. You feel free. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. <laughs> I like this. I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you said. Yeah, I just feel bad for Richard, and I think it would have been interesting if he would have lived instead of Brad, who just left you for dead. So I like I like I said, I would have been way more okay with Richard being at the end of three, going to tell Jill about this nemesis looking or well, this monster coming after you. Richard in that situation would have made way more sense too, because again, he would have been protecting Jill instead of being a chicken shit. Going, <laughs> anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't even feel bad for Brad when yeah. he perished. Um, I thought that... I kind of giggled. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's what you get. That's what you get. And that's the least you could have done for me. Because mm -hmm. remember when you fucking ditched me? Anyway, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
uh, we digress. Come on, that was months ago, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, do you want to uh, talk about our favorite characters? Yeah, so, as you all know, uh, I love Jill. She's amazing. Um, I love Chris, you know. I I just think they're great classic characters. I agree. Um, but what about you, Dee? Um, so, recently, I fell in love with a new character. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name was Richard. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very recent event. <laughs> Go um, on. When we were doing the research for these characters, right? Roxy was like, "Did you read this?" And I was like sitting there, I was like, "No, what? What? You know, like, what are you talking about?" And she she read off the thing about Richard and you know the shit life he had and how he still like vowed to protect people. Granted, okay, don't get me wrong, Chris and Jill are still my top peoples, and of course, I love hate Wesker. So like. It's a very complicated relationship. It is. It really, yes, it is. Um, And Rebecca's cool too. Love her. And I love me some Barry too. But anyway, Richard won my heart. Like, I literally cried. (laughs) Because I don't ever remember reading that stuff about Richard Mm -hmm. before. No. So, yeah. Well, I think just doing all this research, I learned so much about all the other characters. Mm -hmm. Um. The fact that, like, all these people, they all have lives. And it's kind of interesting to hear that. Like, you forget about it because you don't really get to interact with them as much. Most of them. I mean, you get to them, they die. I mean, after the cutscene in the beginning, you don't hear them again. You don't see them again. And so it was just just really cool to Mm -hmm. see this side of them. Yeah, like, Frost before was just some guy who died by dogs. Kenneth was just the poor sap that died being eaten by a zombie, the first one you run into. You make fun of Forrest because he was pecked to death by birds. (laughs) (laughs) And then Richard, you just think he's a whiny little bitch because, oh, you got bit by a snake. (laughs) Walk it off. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Almost said sugar lips. (laughs) (laughs) As you didn't say sugar tits. Oh, but yeah, so, you know. So what are your uh, some of your favorite moments of the game? Obviously, Itchy Itchy Scott. Yeah. Um, but that's mostly for the journal entry alone. I also really, really like in the guardhouse. I love the fact that they still kept the vines coming through the floor to whip you and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, they're going to take some of this stuff out that I thought was like the coolest. It, but no, they kept it in and I was super excited. But my all-time favorite spot, I think it's because I figured out right away what the puzzle was for the gallery. I mean, looking back on it now, it's like, come on, D, it wasn't that hard. But, you know, when you're young and you solve a puzzle completely by yourself for one of the, the first time, you feel really good. Hell yeah. It's the gallery. Mm-hmm. I love the gallery. I still love it in the uh, remake, but, like, the original gallery special place in my heart yeah no i like it too i think it's really cool especially like the stained glass Mm -hmm. portion of it i love that part what about you what's your favorite i think my favorite parts of the game i like so in the main hall upstairs when you walk through the glass it's just really cool because i uh every time i walk by there'd be like lightning and thunder Mm -hmm. that was just really cool i think it's awesome Mm -hmm. going back to the glass looking out of the glass so if you go where Kenneth is killed and you look outside the glass um, is something that always I hold near and dear because it is when I learned the word ominous 
I never had, like, I'm sure I heard the word before, but I had never, like, knew the actual meaning for it. So mm-hmm. it's like, what is that? And then, I, <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked it up. I'm like, huh, ominous. You're so ominous. fancy. Yeah. So that's just a little uh, D tidbit there. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite parts of the game are just when I play the mansion. I mm. mean, I just like the... It's just so pretty. It's Yeah, it's pretty. I, I just like it. That's probably my favorite part. Uh, what about your least favorite moments? I would say my... Knowing <laughs> what I know now, my least favorite moment is when Richard dies. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always kind of didn't like that anyway because mm-hmm. I was like, we just saved him. But he does save you. So it's like, you know, he's returning the favor. But another one of my least favorite moments is when you do first run into the hunters. That scared the living fuck out of me. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. those things were fast. They were hard to kill. I didn't like them at all. Also, Crimson Heads now in the remake. They can go fuck themselves. <laughs> and, then, and then, um, just don't like how they pull up my heartstrings sometimes, you know? Yeah, you don't expect it. Yeah. yeah. The whole Lisa Trevor thing. Like, I really thought, like, this bitch is so annoying. She's annoying. She's annoying. I can't fucking stand her. She's annoying. She's annoying. She's annoying. And then you read the stuff about her and you're like, okay. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Yeah. You're a bitch, D. <laughs> I mean, yes, I am. But, um... <laughs> What about you, Roxy? What are some of your favorite, or least favorite moments? Uh, I think for me is, I know like there's a reason why Barry doesn't help you, but that's one of my ma- my main gripes about it is like when you're there and he's supposed to help you, I feel like he doesn't help you enough. I understand why though, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't really talked about what happens, right? Oh no, we didn't. Yeah. So why Roxy is pissed so bad at Barry is Barry he quote-unquote helps you but he doesn't really but he has a reason for it his family is being threatened by a mr albert wesker and the umbrella corporation if he doesn't help you're gonna kill his family and can you really be mad at a man who's trying to protect his family not once i know why (laughs) when you remember reminded me why i was like okay all right Uh, i I still know it but okay i'll give you a pass but, I mean, uh, yeah, anyway. And, yeah, the hunters. I hate the hunters, too, because I, it just freaked me out how I didn't see it coming. I kind of, I remember the first time we came across a hunter and he decapitated us. I was like, what the fuck? And you're like, yeah, yeah. they do that. Yeah, <laughs> they like, do that. <laughs> Give me full health, 100% yeah. fine. You know, in the green, literally green fine. Yeah, and- I was just so shook, and I did not like that. Let me tell you that, okay? <laughs> So, yeah, that's definitely one of them, my least favorite. And, um, oh, and definitely the fuel supply part where you have to walk oh. with that explosive mm. fuel. I hate that part. I don't need this anxiety in my life. <laughs> I uh, got think, enough real yeah. life anxiety. Thank you. Uh, no, thank you. Um, anyway, yeah. So, oh, I just remembered one. In the mansion, there's this one hallway 
basically as you go in around the corner there's mirrors throughout the whole place and oh, there's yeah, yeah, these yeah. nights and <sighs> I always think I know it's me walking but then I always think that was some zombie that was a zombie right there that was something else and then I always when I come out to the nights I always expect them to like swing at me uh-huh. as I'm walking so I always like stop and then I just dash through there. <laughs> and, you know, I, nothing ever happens. No. But it just psychs me out, dude. Well, it doesn't help that that's where the first crimson head comes. That's true. And I think I, it's just kind of PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm always expecting another one. Girl's like, Yeah. This time he's wearing, like, the night armor. You hear, clink, 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 And then he's, like, pretending not to move. And as you walk by, you hear a clink. And then you, like, look over. He's just, like, trying not to move. You move again, clink, clink. <laughs> yeah, they're assholes. <laughs> they would do that. We, we don't have PTSD for fucking crimson heads at all. That's fine. So we should give it our final rating. Um, we'll do the tiers from S to F. S being superior, mm-hmm. F being the worst. <laughs> We're not talking about four yet. Oh. oh. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. It's a good game. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I will give it an A because, especially we playing it this last time, I just think it's really good. I think it's solid. You know, it creeps me out still. I still get excited. I still get nervous. I, I love it. What about you? I agree with you. If I could give it A+, plus, I would. But it's not quite S. But that's just because other games hold more near and dear to my heart. So yeah, A is really good for it. It started the franchise. Without it, we would we wouldn't have one. You know, we literally would not be sitting here talking. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right, guys. So we have some questions for you. So what was your favorite part of Resident Evil? And another question is, do you like the original or the remake better? Let us know. You can DM us on Twitter. Or email us and our email address and all the links to our social media are going to be on the show notes. We're also going to start a Discord where we will have little discussion areas for each episode or just if you want to chat with other people, have, you know, good, safe conversations with people. Well, yeah. So that was another fun one. Yeah, it was. How, how was that, D? It was really, really, really good. I had shit ton of fun with looking up, doing the research, learning about everybody, different things about the mansion that I never knew. It's so fun. How about you? Yeah, your heart getting broken because of <laughs> Richard. I was See? not expecting that. See, this is why I like bad guys now. <laughs> the one good guy now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> um, hey, hey, I love myself a nerd, okay? <laughs> we all do <laughs> um yeah huge shout out really quick to evilsource.com you guys should check it out the links are going to be in the show notes for that i was it's such a good place to go check out anything resident Evil related as super far as fun maps or anything you can think of as far as like items just go check it out 10 out of 10 recommend so our next episode, we're gonna talk. We're gonna switch gears a little bit, just just a tiny bit, and talk about Princess Bride. Yeah, I'm so excited for that to learn some new stuff about it. Me too. It is such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. So, God, I still quote it every day. I swear to God. I've yet to meet one person who doesn't like it. 
I've met a few. Wow, that's insane. Let's just say we're not friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they're undesirable, so we don't speak to them. Yeah, they're beneath me. But yeah, again, really quick, make sure you follow us on social media. We'll link everything down there. Uh, go ahead and find us. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks for being super patient with us and listening. We're going to get back on schedule. Fingers crossed. No freaking audio problems. <laughs> no um, health concerns. No, yeah. And we'll be better at doing our research. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> but again, we're going to resume every other Tuesday. Moving forward. Okay. Ready to blow this popsicle stand? Yeah, let's do it. Toodaloo, fellow rebels. some beef with Mikami. Remember, it's good. It's good beef. But I got beef with Mikami.